and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef, journalist, cookbook nerd. And I'm Louis Victor, chef, professional food photographer, and Lord of the Rings binge watcher. Another nerd. Yes. We started this podcast to build a greater sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers everywhere. Let's start with this podcast's sharp quote. Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. John F. Kennedy Jr. His words live on forever. So yes. many of his words. The only thing permanent actually is change. Change. Oh. This podcast is about change, the transition from back house to front of house. We've invited a great friend and colleague, Alani Gardner, assistant GM at Rose Rabbit Lie at the Cosmopolitan on the Strip. Alani is a CIA graduate, as in Culinary Institute of America, not the Central Intelligence Agency, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, we need to do an episode about the CIA. Oh, for sure. Totes. She's worked at Bizarre Meat by Jose Andres with us and was a sous chef at Joel Robuchon. Thanks for joining us, Alani. Hi, guys. Good morning. What's up? So you worked for the chef of the century at a three Michelin star French restaurant as a cook, as a chef. What was that like? Um, it was pretty amazing. I loved every second of it. Oh, that that's a lie. I, I, I loved most of it. I mean, most of the seconds. Yeah, <laughs> most, most of the, most seconds, of the seconds. But obviously it comes with its own challenges, being, um, being a woman in the kitchen, being a person of color in the kitchen you know always everywhere i go i check those two boxes and in a three mission star kitchen with uh the european white man who is running everything right. coming in and being that different face i think i was told that i was like the only black female chef like in all of george i, I don't know i never fact checked that you were Ooh. the first one ever is what i thought i, I heard I, I think it was it was first and i think it was maybe only like i said i never fact checked that because i didn't want to get too caught up in that because it not that it doesn't I matter. I think you should but... get caught up in it because that's pretty badass. Dude, okay. I mean, it'd be, be kind of cool. We're putting cool. a word out to our listeners. If somebody <laughs> can accurately fact check this for us. That'd be great. Lonnie Gardner is, in fact, the only black female chef at Joel Robichon. Yeah. We'll... I mean, it's badass. Yeah. Either way, fucking cool. Cool. Uh, so the best part. I mean, I I learned every single day. I honestly did. I mean, it was I worked on three stations there, all but meat. So uh, started on Entremet, then went to uh, Garmage, then Fish Station. Garmage probably my favorite. That's when I became a sous chef. Was on Garmage, and just the most intricate, the most complicated, the most just detailed dishes and plates you'd ever see in your life. I mean, we mm -hmm. were painting our own plates. So people who are not in the professional kitchen out there that are listening, Garmanger would normally in most restaurants be like solely like a salad station. Salad station <laughs> it would yeah. be salad, maybe desserts sometime, maybe some cold apps. But you know, at most places, most lines, it's like a Caesar salad, a chopped salad, it's, you know, it's, that it's type of thing. It's the easy station. Yeah. But at Robichon, no. <laughs> it's not like that because you've got super intricate plating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we had to put, you know, dots on plates and a certain amount of edible gold that has to go on the caviar. And it was just, it's just, it was a lot. So how do you control your gold leaf? <laughs> um, so what we started doing actually is you know it comes in packets I would say what's yeah. the size of the packet like a three inch square or something right. so what yeah. we do is actually cut it in half <gasps> and it helped we just took it cut it in half I and mean, right. we just use you know half of it this time half of it you know what I mean or so it doesn't roll one back side of the tweezer? station yeah the other <laughs> side of the station wow. and we just open it you open just the, the sheet you're going to use and you just start with the one half 
of that half sheet. Right. So it's about a quarter you're starting with. And you just work with it from there so you don't really lose as much in the wind. So that gold leaf is what looks like 24 karat gold on your plate. So when you're at a schmancy, schmancy, fancy Mm -hmm. pants kind of restaurant, you'll see, you know, lots of gold, you know, in desserts, sometimes in, in, you know, savory. I put well. it on top oh, of my yeah. caviar. Yeah. yeah, I think it just Extra enhances the, the, the luxuries, like right? gold and caviar. And gold. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Somebody like... gold leaf the shit out of my like little brie bite oh, at yeah. Mordeo. Um, that, that would be Winston. He had too much, <laughs> yeah. know, too much free time in his hands. That's happened to me a few times at yeah. Le yeah. And it can get like a little like metallic. Right. Yeah. The yeah. taste. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Because you, you totally really like gave me the whole it. sheet. You shouldn't. It's more of like a look Accent. Accent. This is just cute. Right. So you were learning every day. Um, I mean, some, I think many actually, we consider it to be the best restaurant in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. If not, at least one of the best. Yeah. Uh, You've worked in other restaurants that are Mm -hmm. fine dining-like or fine dining. What's the difference between that, and you don't have to give the names of what the difference is, but that and Robichon. What makes Robichon like Robuchon. what Robuchon is like, you know, like, oh, um, honestly, is it attention to detail? Cause I feel like that's part it's, of it. It's attention to detail, but I feel like Robuchon is doing something that a lot of restaurants aren't doing, can't do. And that's, they don't really care much about making money so mm-hmm. they can spend a lot of money. Yeah. And when you can spend money on that amount of quality and that amount of labor and attention to detail and all those kind of things, you're going to get a better product. Yeah. It's just a fact. You know right. what I mean? So I think that's a big, big part of it is that they don't, not that food costs doesn't matter, but it's not the top thought. Right. What I love about Rebuchon and, and dining there and L'Atelier is, I mean, there's a big difference between having the money and being able to spend it and use it. So as Lou was saying, you could you could use gold leaf anywhere if you wanted to. Right. You could use, you know, micro greens and, you know, caviar and all kinds of fancy stuff. But so many restaurants, um, and not maybe not as many nowadays, but so many restaurants on the Strip or in other fancy cities, New York City, L.A., they have that stuff, but they have no idea how to use it. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily for the betterment of the dish. It's just to try to be schmancy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Robuchon doesn't do that. No, I mean, this guy's been, he's a chef of the century for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he can dial these things in after a century. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, he just... He's just very good at what he does and how he cascades that knowledge or how he did cascade that knowledge down through his team and through just the French way of doing things and having the Michelin stars to back it up and everything. I think he attracts a certain amount of people that have a certain amount of pride in what they do and a ridiculous amount of passion for what they do. And they know how to really take these ingredients and take that gold leaf and make it what it should be, what it was made for. Right. So I think it's also who they pick for their teams and for their leaders and all those things that make Robuchon Robuchon. So you were there very close to the time when Robuchon passed the chef of the century. And what was that like? You know, you were obviously I'm sure close to very, a lot of people there Mm -hmm. and how did it affect, you know, the people there and you and, um, so I had left, maybe I was gone maybe two to three months, um, after 
he passed two to three months after I left. And um, yeah, just talking to my friends that I have that are still in the kitchen, some of the sous chefs, some of the cooks. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty hard on the kitchen. I can't speak on it myself because like I said, I wasn't there. But I had seen him maybe four months before that. And he was losing weight and they were saying, you know, he's on this diet and blah, blah, blah. And I was actually there with uh, the executive chef. Me and him were making his salad like every day and stuff like that. It was like crab and avocado and some simple stuff, whatever. And it had been really simplified from what he had been eating the uh, times before when he had visited. It was like croissants and really super More like, Frenchy kind uh, of stuff. Yeah, super <laughs> French breakfast, you know. Joyous. So, uh, and that's what they were saying is that, you know, he's losing weight because he's on this diet and stuff like that. And he, you could tell he looked different he looked so much slimmer and when you get to a certain age losing too much weight is like kind of scary you know yeah but i didn't really think about it that much i really didn't realize how old he was so it was kind of a surprise for me i was definitely sad about it i was like man like i just i felt like i just saw him you know what i mean right super nice guy and i this is this is definitely my own personal experience because i've heard you know stories about him as well but yes i want to ask you about that (laughs) he was great i mean the dude smelled like so much lavender it was like he like (laughs) skipped through (laughs) skipped through a lavender field before he came in oh and walked into MGM. Oh you could, honestly, like, you'd be in the kitchen and you could smell him, like, when he entered, like, the dining room. Like, oh, he's coming. He's here. Everyone That's called him. That's funny. Everyone Life called goal. him uh, Grandpa. Let's all <laughs> skip through a lavender field before we get up. Yeah, and well, I've heard Oprah smells like flowers. Whoa. And so it's just funny how these people that we look up to yeah, yeah, have they a just, certain smell. They just have an aura. Special. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure Beyonce smells like sunflowers. I'm sure of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just really nice guy. He'd come to the kitchen. He's always like, you know, say what's up to us and stuff. And his English wasn't great. Um, my French wasn't great. So it was kind of just like lots of smiling and nodding and just like, all right, cool, cool. Yeah. You know, he was always so nice to me. I just, I, I really liked the guy. He was a nice guy. So oh. how much French did you have to know in that kitchen? Because when I've been there, you know, you, you hear a lot of we chef and, and the chef speaking in French to people. You don't hear a lot of French coming back. So is it more just having to understand some of the language? So just like I feel like we all have a certain uh, kitchen Spanish that, you know, we know. So is it kitchen French? It's, it's kind of kitchen French <laughs> yeah. where you know the, the food, in the, the French name of the food, yeah. granouille. You know what I mean? And that was the egg. And just like, okay, well, that's the egg. That's just right. egg now. You know what I mean? And it's just certain things that you learn because it's on the menu because it is being called to you all day long and you just you just pick up on it right. and obviously we chef being one of them but as far as french you have to know it's not really like a requirement i know for the front of the house it's definitely 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 more encouraged they'd want the managers to know two to three languages i know the gm mm-hmm. that was there when i left he knows japanese english and french and there could be another one there i'm not sure but um that they the, the clientele is international and they're coming straight from Japan and they don't give a fuck about English. They're right. not concerned with what they know that it's a Robuchon brand and they expect a certain amount of quality, whether right. in, they're in, you know, uh, Tokyo or they're in Vegas right. and they want you to be able to understand them and mm-hmm. vice versa. So as far as the kitchen though, no, we didn't. You, you, it's union cooks and stuff, and yeah. it's, uh, that 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 comes with its own problems. But still, <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't have to learn or know. So, talking about problems, what was the worst part about working in a setting like that? Um, honestly, it's 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 any kitchen. It's it's the egos. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's the egos that it's almost like you have this fear of leaving it because the way they talk about people who have left 
that kitchen, it's like this like betrayal. <laughs> Stain. Yeah, oh, it's like whoa. this betrayal. So you don't want to go because you don't want to be that person that's in there, the, the, the talk of the town next. Right. You know, so you have this loyalty that's like almost forced on you. Right. But it's just, yeah, so the egos that come along with everything kitchen. That's Everything crazy. Michelin, everything. Yeah. yeah. Of yeah, course. That's super crazy. Like, you get branded as one of them. And so if you exit out, right. you're like, what an are enemy. you? Like, an outsider now. Yeah. On basically. the flip side, having Robichon on your resume as a cook or chef mm-hmm. or server or anything, anything for that matter. Anything. Is similar, it's akin to having Harvard on your resume. Yeah. You know, in the sense, or CIA for that matter, if right. you're mm-hmm. in culinary. Um, it's just like sort of a ticket to whatever. Kind of like it's, Jose it's, Andres. It's, it's a gold star right, yeah. on your resume. It definitely is a, the shining point of my resume as well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Robichon. Oh, okay, you worked at Robichon, got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, that. I feel like every place I've gone since Robichon, it's always like, oh, oh. Yeah, right? Just like, right. Yeah, yeah, Harvard yeah. on your resume, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> so at what point did you kind of think, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, back of the house, like, I need to move to the front of the house. Like what was there like a straw that broke the camel's back or Mm -hmm. was it slowly over time? How did that happen for you? It was, it was slowly over time. I would say within my last, um, let's call it my last year, maybe a little less than that, maybe 10 months or so. I was really, really like, okay, I'm bored. Like, and nobody should be bored at that level of cooking. And I was bored. And I was like, I want to challenge myself. I want to do something. And like you said, I went to CIA and I got my degree and I was like, I want to use it before it doesn't matter anymore. Before this is the, I saw some people around me at Robichon getting stuck and just thinking like, there's nothing beyond this. And I'm just like, there has to be. I know there right. is. I'm not going to limit myself to just this, the, this, the all in all. And I'm going to spend my next 10 years here. Like, right. yeah. no way. Yeah. That's a wonderful way of thinking of like breaking that wall. You think you've reached that point of like just greatness. And right. then you're like, you get comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. that's where, that's where good ideas and great careers die. Yeah, exactly. Comfortable. Exactly. Comfortable. I don't like being too comfortable for too long. I, I feel like uncomfortability definitely breeds growth. So, yeah, so that's what I need. Boredom. So at what point were you like, so you needed change and you wanted change for growth. At what point did you think that front of the house would be the answer to that change as opposed to another career or something else, you know? Um, so with having, you know, Bazaar and working in New York City and uh, just a couple of places that were off the strip as well. And I really felt like my culinary journey was being is was well rounded out. Mm-hmm. And 10 years I left Robichon when I was 26 and I started when I was 16 in the kitchen. I mean, that includes, you know, CIA time or whatever. But it was 10 years that I've been doing this. And you should be able to master something in 10 years. And I felt like I need to go now because I'm going to be, my hand is going to be forced in some way or another. And I don't want to be forced to do anything I don't yeah. want to do. And going to the front of the house, I mean, my biggest goal is to become a food and beverage director. And I know I couldn't do that through just the back of the house way. There was going to have to be a time, a point in time where I have to get a little more experience in front. and Round it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So um, I decided uh, that's the path I was going to go. And like I said, around the last 10 months is when I started thinking about it. And October 1st happened. And after October 1st happened, I was like, you know what? 
all this it was just it was just a moment of clarity i think it made everyone stop and think and when that happened interesting how tragedy can do that to you yeah it was pretty fucked up but um i stopped and i was just like what do i really want to do you know what i mean do i still want to be here like i wasn't supposed to be at work that day but i was at work that day Mm -hmm. and we were only mgm's only like what like a mile from manly bay people were still like running like through the building like the chef brought the entire atelier the entire restaurant all the guests through our kitchen brought them through and we all took 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 them to the back and it was just i'm not saying i was traumatized i that that'd be a lie but it was just a point in time where i was just like wait a second let me just reevaluate what i want it was a wake up from my life and it was yeah and i think it was two days after that i told my chef and i was like i'm giving you to the end of the year so like a three month notice basically which is very kind super classy yeah (laughs) Yeah. i said i'm almost giving you so i'm giving to the end of the year and i'm out and he was just like okay what are you gonna do i was like i don't know but i'm telling you i'm gonna do it in this time and i started looking and i went to the uh food and beverage director at mgm at the time and I talked to her, I told her what I wanted to do, and she looked at my resume, helped me clean it up, and she was like, okay, well, these are the places that are open, and blah, 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 and I'm sure you'll get to this point where advice and whatnot, but um, I definitely suggest that to anybody. Just reach out to the people who are yeah. in those That's positions. That's an awesome idea, because yeah. I don't think enough people, cooks, servers, anyone knows the food and beverage director to a point where they would feel comfortable just going straight to them. That's such a smart way to do it. It's I didn't where know you want to go. <laughs> I didn't know right. her either at all. <laughs> but you were smart enough to think, this is what I want to do. So how do I get to where you are? Exactly. That's exactly. The perfect thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, also with that egotistical way of thinking in the kitchen of kind of like that loyalty and stuff, it was kind of a way to shut that down before it ever became a thing. You know, yeah. like I'm asking someone to help me. Mm-hmm. That is not you. I like you. I love you. You know, you've done everything you could for me. I appreciate it. Um, that's why I'm giving you this huge notice and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to someone who can help me do other things. Right. And I feel like, like I said, I feel like it shut down any chatter there could have been. There's a really unspoken rule, unspoken rule in the kitchen where it's just like you are looking for another job. You do it on the low. Yeah. You know, you're quiet yes. about it. You're yes. sneaky with it. Like no. Sometimes you don't anything. even see people. Right. It's you know? like they ghost you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not the good way to do it. Don't and do it. I wasn't gonna do that to myself. That's stressful. That's that's how people end up in places they don't want to be. So I went and I was interviewing and I was practice interviewing and I bombed some and I rocked some other ones and I was just like, I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna do it up front and loudly. You know, in a sense of like, I'm, I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm going to yeah. do it and I'm going to do it in your face. Yeah. Not in a rude way, but you know. So how was the transition at start? What parts mm-hmm. were fine and cool and comfortable and what parts were uncomfortable? Or was it all comfortable and uncomfortable? Right. Because um, like back of the house, people are kind of like, they don't censor themselves. But when you need to be around guests... It's a totally yeah. different kind of censorship. Like, where'd you get your filter, Alana? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. You guys know I have a fucking filter. <laughs> yeah, right? Every day I'm trying to build it. Right? <laughs> it's a little bit more, but it is like a, a fucking, what's the thing? It's like a food mill. That's my sieve. Like, everything oh. kind of just, just leaks right out of it. This is not, it's not much of a You're cranking it. Like, 
Oh, yeah. She's cracking it. Like, finer particles come out of it. Oh, yeah. More palatable particles come out of it. So, was that the most uncomfortable part, or was it other stuff? Um, I thought that was going to be the most uncomfortable part. Honestly, I really thought I was like, oh, my God, I have such a potty mouth, and what am I going to do with this? You had chef humor inside you. Yeah, yeah. I I still struggle with that today. The chef (laughs) humor. Because some Mm -hmm. people kind of just, like, look at me sometimes, and I'm like, I'm sorry. That was really fucked up, wasn't it? I'll I'll shut my mouth. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I know. You guys can't take it up here in the front <laughs> kind of need to dial it back when you're like dealing with guests and they're like oh i'm gonna get what i want I mean, yeah you're deep inside of you you're like Julie and i talk about that about at home even yeah. it's like you don't have that problem as much because you work with somebody that's in a restaurant i mean you work in your life with somebody yeah. that's in a restaurant yeah. right. but when you don't mm-hmm. and you can't like close off the filters sometimes they turn around and look at you like you're an alien or something they're like like what, what the did, fuck you, did just you just say, say to me Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what was that story you just told about those people? Like, right. yeah. no, uh, but yeah, we definitely so. we, we we see eye to eye on that. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. So the discomfort. What was the what was the main discomfort? Um, I honestly the whole speaking to people thing, which is still to this day new to me, and I still feel naked <laughs> i still feel yeah. so vulnerable that i'm just like oh i didn't want to talk to me so you're talking about the customer so right? but honestly yeah yeah the guests but honestly bizarre helped me with that a lot because it was open kitchen and mm-hmm. i'm on jasper That's and i'm true. going down and asparagus and cauliflower right. and shit people yeah. come to me oh what's that it's yeah. wasabi yeah. dude like leave me alone shut up things like, are on fire <laughs> like oh i didn't know wasabi looked like that it does Go away. Like, look, <laughs> Google it. Yeah. Dude, so I, yeah. That helped me to keep my, um, my, 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 my face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, uh, customer service face, my customer service voice. And to be like, yeah. So that definitely helped me. But that was definitely one of the challenges was just speaking to people. Um, I've been really, really, really lucky to have some awesome bosses since I've crossed over to the front of the house. So the guy's name was uh, Norbert, and he was my first boss, my first front of the house boss. And he was like just super, just impressed me. He was just like, of course, I like, I'll, I'll teach you everything, and we'll make sure you learn and stuff like that. So that was over at uh, Mirage at Pantry, and that was a twenty-four hour place. And so there's a lot That's of one way to go for your first front of the house. Exactly. Job. I mean, I, I, as much as I was frustrated with it, probably daily, it was the best learning experience that for everything I'm doing now. Like I learned there as front of the house wise, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was 24 hours and we also did in room dining. So there's graveyard shifts and there's, you know, great experience. Oh my God. It was amazing. It was amazing. I would never do it again. I did it. It's kind of like a boxing <laughs> check. Kind of right. like, you know, like if you work brunch once in your life, that's something that you did oh, once dang, and like, brunch. that was yeah. it. You, you, did, it. you did it, yeah. you know? So I did my graveyard shifts and like, I'm done. I'm over mm-hmm. it. No, that was good. Like, so what has been your response from your old squad? So you got your new squad, front of the house, shiny and new, your hair is cute, <laughs> your boobs are all cute and stuff, <laughs> but you got your friends in the back of the house and they're just like covered in pig's blood and like, you know, in a chef coat that's got like a hole in it from flames like and sweating. hair's all messed up or in a, like a beanie or something. Like how'd you end up so cleaned up, Alani? <laughs> so how does the old squad feel? Um, I think they've just been really, really supportive. And the old squad for our people who are veterans, I say that lightly, but you know, people have been there for the 10 years, the 15, the 20 years. So if anything, they're more excited for me that, you know, I found, I found a different route and they're just like, do it. Yeah. Like bravo. You know what I mean? I don't think there hasn't been any kind of like 
what the fuck like (laughs) why'd you why'd you leave us you know no honestly i really really have it you know what i mean anything i've gotten a handful of people that i've worked with before like hey how'd you do it how'd you do it or are they hiring and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i'm so happy to help you know what i mean anyone because it was a, a different journey yeah because on our radar like you're one of the very few who have just like successfully crafted a way out of the back of the house like you know you've craft you're crafting your career here mm-hmm. you're using your environment you're not only um relying on classifieds or whatever like job postings mm-hmm. but you're definitely like reaching out to people and definitely like getting out there yeah. so you know it's it's rare it's rare so that's why our community is like oh how'd you do it so moving on to that the next step would be what are some you know, tips that you can give people if they're thinking they've got your same mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some steps to tips? I, I love I love the tip about going to a food and beverage director. Mm-hmm. What else can they do to kind of pave, you know, go on the right path? Um, talk to people. Yeah. Just, just open your mouth up. Talk to people. Don't be afraid of no. And also don't limit yourself to when I was when I was talking to the food and beverage director and saying, you know, I want to go this place, want to go that place. And I let her know, you know, we I think we maybe had four or five meetings, you know, with this whole process. And after they offered me the job at 24 hour place, I was kind of like I was kind of like, eh, like right. I'm coming from Robichon, like I'm better than that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have that. Take the ego out of it. Take the ego Mm -hmm. out of it because experience is experience is experience. So take it. I like I said, I don't regret it at all. But in the beginning, I was definitely very apprehensive. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to go to like a steakhouse, and I want to do that. I wasn't ready. Right. I I wasn't ready for any of that. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Like I took that steakhouse step next, but I was at the twenty four hour place for about a year and a half. And like I said, I learned so much, and I couldn't have done that next step without that first step. So I had to kind of dial it back a little bit, like going from the Michelin to doing the 24 hour thing. It was confusing. I feel like to some, but when that next step is that better step where you want to be, and the next step is even better and it keeps on going from there. It all makes sense. Right. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. So be humble. Definitely be brave. Yeah. And ask, open your mouth. Ask for help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are all things that are, are not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I'm proud of you. I think Thank it's you. freaking awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Don't be really afraid to say, I don't know. Trust me, that's that's my, one of my favorite phrases. Say, I don't know. You got to finish it out with, I'll find out. You yeah. know what I mean? You definitely have to figure it out. But yeah. don't be afraid, I don't know, because... You're just going to shoot yourself in the foot if you yeah, bullshit your way through true. it. That used to happen to me all the time, especially like on TV, because people, everybody, everybody's looking at you, you mm-hmm. know, like you don't know how many people are out there looking at you while you have a question and you have no idea what the answer is. So one of my old bosses, news director said, that's a great question. Let me find out the answer for you. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's like right. one of those phrases that people can't get mad at. They're like, the no, I'm going to help you. Right. And I'm going to admit that I don't know the answer to right. this. And without saying, have all the information. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And who does? I right. mean, come on. All right. So here's the $25,000 question. Do you miss cooking professionally? Uh, no. At this moment, no. No, at this moment, no. Um, I'm actually... I'm re-falling in love, re-falling back in love. I don't even know if I said that right. Yeah. I'm falling back in love with baking, actually. And I've oh. been doing a lot of baking at home because I love it. Oh, my god! I love it. Like, you're, going, you're growing up, Alani. I know, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Can we bake? Because, you know, I, I always want to wake up to my weekends with, like, 
croissants, muffins, muffins and scones. We should bake at my house. Yes. We should I get Yaz God. to give us like a little right. I know bang. we should do a baking group, like a yeah, instead of like a cookbook. I'm serious. That'd be dope. That'd we be bake amazing. And bake. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> like bake, bake. You know, bake bigger. Wake and bake and bake. <laughs> Not that kind. <laughs> Do a little shake. I want pastries. I want pastries with my coffee. I, I, I the other day I made a, a green tea matcha creme brulee. Oh my! And just tore it up. He was like, "Why don't you do this all the time?" And just uh, just scarfing it down. It was it was pretty good. So <laughs> professionally, no, but I definitely have a little more time and a little more uh, encouragement. Right. To cook at home. So I've been cooking at when when we were, oh my God, when I was working in the kitchen, I never cooked at home. Right. Ever, 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 ever. I never cooked at home. See, little yeah. known fact to like everybody, like when you meet a chef, you think we cook at home? No. Nope. We don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Ramen and. Yeah. Uh, or you like pick up fast out. food on the way home a lot oh, of yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have our spots. It's like shame food pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Honestly. Eat it in your Mexican corner. pizza at Taco Bell. The last thing. Monta, Virginia. Listen, mm-hmm. that's oh, where yeah. you'll find me. That's mm-hmm. where you'll find me. One yeah. o'clock in the morning. If it's not alcohol, it's food that's not good for you. Right. Oh, but ramen's good, good for you, you anytime, with please. alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I love ramen. So what has been the biggest challenge in this transition? Like, so now you've had some time. This is like your third, I believe, front of the house job, right? Yes. So what's been the hardest part in this transition, challenge-wise? Honestly, the personalities. I have, I have a back-of-the-house personality, mm-hmm. and I can, you know, fake the funk as far as customer service and getting things done and leadership and blah, blah, blah. But like my cooks or people that like, I wanted to grab a beer with at the end of the night. Mm. I don't feel that. Not necessarily. Not yet. Not yet with, yeah. with, with my, my team now. They're amazing at what they do. They're great. But as just our personalities are just, I guess, you know, type A, type B kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're it's all good it's all good it's all love trust and me. sometimes but. that's good though <laughs> it is sometimes you keep work at work and oh, yeah. play yeah. at play and <laughs> oh yeah you still got us so i mean you know that we're always down for you know back of house kind of people action after yeah. work before work kind of thing and so you know i mean I, I actually so for me that transition happened when i went from cook to manager mm-hmm. so cook to sous chef um, it was just like, what's the word for that? You're not supposed to f- fraternize. fraternize. Yeah. <laughs> so some companies super frown upon it. Like they have rules where you actually sign something that says you won't do it. Other companies are like, eh, whatever. And then yeah. some companies are kind of like in the middle, like don't make, you know, don't do something that's going to look bad to the restaurant or mm-hmm. to your chef, but that kind of thing. But you know, I'm not even saying with the fact that I couldn't fraternize. I think it was more just like, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, because you got to be careful. You know, I made a few mistakes for sure with the jokes. Uh-huh. Like I said some things that I shouldn't have said. Because HR I was, worthy, Lorraine? Not HR worthy, but if I hadn't cleaned up the mess, they would have been, you yeah. know, in the sense oh. that like I said, I was like said some off color things that mm-hmm. I was used to saying. Right. And then I realized, oh crap, as your manager, now it sounds different than yeah. when I'm your equal. Yeah. And so that was hard for me in the transition was, you know, as you were talking about that off-color talk and like mm-hmm. how cooks talk and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it might be some of that too, that now you're the boss and now you're, you know, even higher up, Yeah. you know, it's, 
kind of it's like where's that line you know where we're like super buds and like we can get a drink and oh crap you need to do this and i'm not joking like Mm -hmm. stop smiling at me like (laughs) turn around and go do it you know what i mean it's like it's hard sometimes to to draw that line yeah it is i mean i I try to find a balance i think i have yeah for the most part but like i said it's just like as if we were outside, take these four walls away. We we're outside of here. Yeah, would we get along as people? I'm just like, eh, maybe no. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. So, mm-hmm. but like you said, that probably is that probably is great. We have a work phone now, so like my team doesn't have to have my actual phone number, which is great. Ooh. Yeah, which is also a whole other degree of separation that I'm just like, yeah. all right, I'm not mad at this. Yeah, you know, that's actually cool. So, as somebody who's now you know moving toward the top of the front of the house assistant general manager. Uh, what are some qualities that you look for in front of house employees that, you know, want to be hired? Um, obviously super biased on this one, but you got to know your food. Mm-hmm. You got to know your food. Don't, People don't oh, think yeah, that about dude. front of house. People don't. on the street don't realize how much you need to know about the food. It's not just the chef and the cook's job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't, don't come at me talking about, what does celiac mean? Get out of here. Like, come yeah. on. Come like, on. We, it's this, so this common is, now. This is just the basic stuff that like, we got to know this. You know what I mean? My whole so thing. that's one super important thing. Yeah. To okay. My whole thing is when a cook comes in and says like, oh, what's here that's uh, gluten free that we can give to the guests? I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So they have to know their stuff. Yeah. What about personality wise? What are you looking for? Um, Problem solvers. Mm. Problem solvers. Like there are some people who come to me and they've done absolutely nothing to fix the problem. And I have the, you know, make a suggestion, which should have been their first thought. And I'm just like, you didn't think about that. Then I have some people who come to me and they've went through all 10 steps of what they could have done. Then they come to me like, hey, I've done everything I could do. This person is unhappy or whatever the case may be. Help me. And I'm like, sure. I'm more than happy to help both individuals. But the one that really didn't try at all, really didn't think about what could what could I do to fix Mm -hmm. this? That's frustrating. That's super, super frustrating. So got to have them problem solving skills. All right. On the fly with Ilani Gardner from Rose Rabbit Lie. We're going to start right now, Ilani, and go. Go to restaurant. Go to restaurant is bizarre meat because it is like the steakhouses of steakhouses. Cat or dog person? Both. I have two cats. We're getting a dog next month. Bipetual like me. Beer or wine? Mm, Wine. The food that you can't live without. Bread. Dessert craving. Mm, Tiramisu. Guilty pleasure. Uh, Am I allowed to say that? I can't. Never mind. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Best tool for your job. We're not going to make you do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I'll do guilty pleasure. I'll do guilty pleasure. Okay. Uh, Dog videos. Okay. Best tool for your job. Mm, my, my, my cell phone, honestly. Most inspirational chef. Anthony. Aww. Whoa. Dream Hi, place to travel. Oh, was we were being timed? I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were being 60 timed. 60 seconds, Alani. <laughs> I didn't Jesus. know that at all. It's on the And sorry, That's Jesus. Why. I didn't mean to That's say that. That's what I was, I was like, the, oh, shit. Dream Dang. place to travel. Uh, Greece. Grace. Okay. okay. Cool. This is a question. If Jesus knew how to cook, what do you think he would be cooking? Falafel. Really? I think so. It's him in those sandals. Fish. Really? 
Yeah, there's fish all over the Bible. Fish Dude, and bread. Fish and bread. I feel like Jesus yeah. would be he more make like a fish a, sandwich. Like a kebab. Uh, I can't see him eating that much meat. I feel like he'd I, like I feel fish. like he's pescatarian. Yeah. Really? yeah. He did multiply the loaves and fish, yeah. right? Yes. That's one of his cheating. most famous miracles. He's cheating because he's walking on the water just picking up the fish like with his hands. And he liked it. his wine, too. Right? Yeah, he did. He turned water he into wine. He'd have a popping fish and chips with some wine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alani, we're going to give you a chance to plug it for Rose Rabbit Lie. Tell us about hey. it. All right, so Rose Rabbit Lie is a modern day supper club. And what that means is that while you're having your dining experience, there's like ten- entertainment going on all around you. And we're the original modern day supper club. Yeah, because in Las it's becoming Vegas. a thing right now. Yeah, it They're is. all coming. Yeah, it is. Guess who they got it from? Okay. Right. Rose and the Rabbit and the Lie. In fairness, yeah, Rose Rabbit Lie has been doing this for a while now. Five yeah. years. Yeah. Five wow. years they've been doing it. And yep. you can go eat there, but you can also go to the bar and also mm-hmm. enjoy mm-hmm. some entertainment. Oh, it's yeah. just like a cool we have setting. Like three piece band or four piece band on the weekends. We have about three singers, dope singers, um, tap dancer, break dancer. We have two break dancers now. We have the aerialist where she does that. Uh, it's called the hammock, but just basically looks like a big old like white sheet, and that okay. she's like just doing all these flips and tricks in and stuff like that. I mean, it's just a really really cool place. Honest to God, like my job is so much fun. Every day it's like a party. Sometimes I leave there, I'm like, yeah, yeah, where are we going? What are we yeah, doing? Right? Like, let's like, go. I am, I am. <laughs> Sometimes I look around, I'm like, am I supposed to be having this much fun at work? Because it's a great time. Like, it's it's music, it's food, it's it's, it's people that are just like celebrating and having. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.